Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS has been providing quality Western wear and horse tack since 1989, and they are proud to be the number one Western store in the USA. From functional and fashionable Western wear and horse tack to essential livestock and horse supplies, NRS carries the products you need at prices you can afford. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. NRS also carries our new line of modern cowboy brand apparel, caps, t-shirts, and hoodies, as well as the Cowboy Way protein powder. And for our listeners, use your special discount code, MODERNCOWBOY, at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. And I just would like to thank all of you, our podcast listeners and customers, who have supported the Modern Cowboy brand and have been a part of our community since we launched in 2018, as well as all of the amazing guests who shared their stories on the show. Just remember, Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy in all of us. Today's episode is also brought to you by the 12th Annual Navy SEAL Danny Dietz Memorial Classic. This event will be held on May 28th through the 31st in Decatur, Texas at the NRS Ranch Event Center. The weekend will be filled with team roping, barrel racing, as well as many special guests. So come out and join us in honoring and remembering our fallen SEALs. Proceeds will benefit the Navy SEAL Danny Dietz Foundation and the Navy SEAL Foundation. Go to dannydeetsmemorial.com for all the details and tickets and see how you can help. It's part of our tradition. It's our way of life, our heritage. Now they say we don't choose this cowboy way of life. It chooses us. Honor in the past, proud of the present, and committed to the future. And all of us here at Ranch House Coffee, well, we want to say thank you for not just what you do, but who you are. So grab your favorite mug and pour yourself a big old cup of Ranch House Coffee. In our eyes, y'all deserve it. Order yours today at ranchhousecoffee.com. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Guitar and a brand new 
string. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast for the second time. I, I literally, uh, my guest I have on today, uh, Dave Gluchka, uh, he's the owner of Ranch House Coffee. We were talking before the podcast and just discussing some things, and then we go to start recording, and the first time I've ever done it, I think this will be like almost my 160th episode, I didn't press record. So we were talking for, um, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes, and uh, so now we're, we're having to start over. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Dave and I, we were talking a little bit before, and, and uh, Dave lives in, in uh, Buffalo, New York, uh, and he describes it as Western New York. And we, we were talking a little bit about, you know, stereotypes and, and uh, someone that has ordered coffee from him, uh, like the second or third time, he realized that the coffee comes from New York, and... Uh, he sent Dave an email saying, you know, hey, I, you know, I don't really like that place, New York. But uh, the, the the thing is, is, you know, sometimes we, we stereotype places just by things we see on TV or, you know, or what we think they are. And you may never have ever even been there. But uh, like I was say, saying before, I just had a guy on the podcast that's from Minnesota. And this guy is, is punchy. I mean, he cowboys every day. And I never thought of Minnesota as being a place where there's really cowboys. But again, that's me you know, not even knowing what the place is like. So anyway, uh, Dave is the owner of Ranch House Coffee, and uh, he's he's built quite quite a, comp- a company and he's got quite a following on uh, social media, and I'm just super excited to have him on the podcast. So uh, Dave, here we go. Uh, the record button <laughs> was hit this time, so we are live. Uh, uh, and, and the other thing we started talking about before, because I was kind of thrilled, I found out right before... Uh, I got on the podcast with you that you had met John Snyder and I happen to love John Snyder. So, uh, anyway, you were telling me about the John Snyder story. So let, now that we're recording, uh, let's hear it again. Sure. Sure. So John Snyder, you know, um, again, you mentioned to, I had a birthday yesterday and, yes. uh, you, so you congratulated me and this kind of leads into being a John Snyder fan myself. So born in 1971, um, as I mentioned, you know, I, I'm growing up, I'm 10 years old in 1981 and uh you know you're just that's the heart of being a kid and the Dukes a Hazard fan. Right. So you do the math, it's 2021. I'm born in 71. I turned 50 yesterday. So that's a, a big milestone to hit right. uh, in my life. Um but yeah, John Snyder, so there's an event held in Buffalo, New York every year called the World's Largest Disco. I know kind of funny, a couple of cowboys going to uh a disco, but it, it's a charity event. It's actually a lot of fun. And, you know, you, you kind of people dress up in their best disco clothes, but me and my buddies, we, we dress up in our best 1970s retro cowboy gear to, to go to that event. And every year they'll have celebrities from the seventies and things there. And that year it was John Snyder and Tom Wopat. And of course we had to get in line and do that meet and greet. And typically they roll you through like cattle. You go up, take your picture and on you go, shake a hand. And that's about it. Well, they're using digital cameras for the, for the photos. And we get up there and they're, they stop. We're standing there next to John Snyder, Tom Wopat. And those guys are saying, Oh, hold on. There's something wrong with the camera and things like that. And so they're trying to move us off the stage. Well, now I had started talking to John Snyder, you know, just about everything and anything from his country music to Dukes of Hazard to being on Smallville and, and, and things like that. So okay. me and my buddy gets talking to him and, and the employees are trying to hurt us off the stage. And John Snyder says, no, they're cool. They can stay here and wait. 
So we were literally up there for about 20 minutes where we got to have this conversation in the middle of a room of 7,000 people at this dance, but we're on the stage where they stood up for the photos. And my buddy pulls out his phone and says, hey, can I get a picture? And the employees say, no, you can't take your own. And John Slayer says, yeah, yeah, no problem or whatever. And <laughs> you know, we're having a good time. I have a few drinks of me. And I say, John Snyder, I said, hey, how about, uh, you know, pick me up for the photo? He's like, what? And I, I put my arm around his shoulder and I jump up and he holds me kind of with my legs curled under his other arm. And I said, you're Superman's dad. You can do it. So I got John Snyder picking me up in this photo. And it is the funniest thing. Um that we we caught that photo and you know there i got bo duke picking me mm -hmm. up you know? <laughs> what what year was that anyway that is probably about oh gosh it's probably seven eight years ago that was from okay yeah well I, i'm a big uh, john I'll, snyder I'll fan that, i'll post that picture now um yeah. so people can see it because it, it is kind of a funny funny photo yeah, I, I'm a real big John Schneider fan, and, and I love his music. And he's got new music out now. And it's funny, I've actually reached out to him trying to get him on the podcast because I'd love to have him on. But I saw that that picture of you, and I just thought that was super cool. And yeah. uh, and, and you talk about the you talk about the uh, uh, you know going to a disco uh, in cowboy gear, retro cowboy gear. I mean, I, I remember so vividly the urban cowboy days and you know you know listen to my podcast that you know i really didn't get into you know being a cowboy or cowboy lifestyle till later in life and i when that when that hit and john travolta was in that movie and i remember i bought this i mean it was a funky hat but i got a jc penny's uh, had the mm -hmm. mickey gilly big old feathers on the front but i i was i was just uh you know living large because i got to be a, got to be a cowboy and we'd go to the clubs and stuff like that because i i'm older than you and, and i'm you know i was what was that 80 i guess uh but anyway um it's it it's uh you know there's so many things in our life that kind of lead us to the cowboy lifestyle it's funny the boots speaking of you know gillies mickey gillies so the boots i wore to that disco were given to me by a, a friend of mine from houston and he is in his early 60s, and I was yeah. down there. He says, hey, I have a pair of boots for you. He said, I bought these when I moved to Houston, my brother and I from Wisconsin. He said, we got here two weeks before Urban Cowboy came out. Oh, man. And boy, we were cowboys in <laughs> 10 days. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> me a, a pair of uh, alligator uh, peanut butter color Tony Llamas from the 70s that are like brand new. Yeah. And they're just a great pair of boots, you know, but they're perfect for for that event. <laughs> Did they fit? They fit like a glove. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. So, they work out good. So Dave, give us give us some some backstory on you. You know, uh, you know, how did sure. you get involved in cowboy lifestyle and 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 talk about you know uh, New York, Buffalo, New York. A lot of people don't realize. I mean, I didn't realize it for a long time that, I mean, there's great hunting back there. There's all there's all kinds of things uh, that people aren't aware of because most people think of New York and they think of you know Central Park is the only 20 acres that's you know got any trees on it. Right. Well, New York State, you know, is a very large. Um, agriculture state that has a robust um, cattle industry between dairy cattle and beef cattle. Uh, a lot of people are not aware of that. I actually uh, grew up in Buffalo as a kid, but now we live south of the city in a town called Eden. Um, we're up on a hill here in actually East Eden, New York, and Eden is a farming community. 
Uh, my neighbors are dairy farmers. We have apple orchards. Eden is the home of the corn festival. Uh, we have uh, sweet corn all around us. Um, there's just soybeans and uh, potatoes. There's, there's just so much agriculture here that people don't realize. Right. Uh, right here in western New York. Uh, the hunting, the fishing um, is, is just really, really robust in the state as well. Uh, there's a lot of players who come to play for the Buffalo Bills. Um, and, you know, these guys are growing up in, in, in Texas or, or the southern states, and they can't believe that they could just open their back door, stand on the back porch, and, and get themselves a deer or turkey from their back porch, you know. Right. They've never experienced anything like that. And it, it's truly that way. Um, and that's why some of my posts, you will see that I'll put the first frontier, uh, you know, and that's really what, what it was. The, the Adirondack region of New York State can hold Yosemite, Yellowstone, and Grand Canyon National Park within, it, within its boundaries. Really? Um, a lot of people don't know the mass uh, size of the Adirondack Mountain region. You know, New York City is just such a small part of our state that's down in the you know, the eastern corner there, um, we're about a seven-hour drive to New York City. I've been there twice, and once I flew there. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're across, we're at, and that's what we say, we're Western New York, emphasize on Western. Um, right. For us, you know, for, we're about an hour from Erie, Pennsylvania, um, 10 minutes from Lake Erie, uh, right here. And, you know, you want to talk bass fishing, fishing, walleye fishing, the creeks, the streams, the rivers. You know, if you're a fish and hunting guy, it's a yeah. great place to be. Yeah. And then, so you, so you grew up there now. Did you grow up on a ranch or a farm or? No, mom and dad weren't, you know, had nothing to do with horses, uh, my sister, anything like that. So, you know, getting back to being born in 1971, I'm on the heels of Bonanza. I think Bonanza went into the early 70s, maybe 73 yeah. Um, Gunsmoke went into the mid-70s, and then you're watching all the reruns, you know. Right. Um, it, it's funny. Dukes of Hazard have an impact on you. Well, these Westerns had an impact on me. You had two, four, and seven as far as TV stations went. Right. Um, some of the TVs were still black and white. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, gosh, you know, kids wanted to be cowboys. Yeah. You know, I have pictures when I was three years old with my holsters and my vest, and yeah. that's how I went to church. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Right. Uh, I was seven years old, and my grandparents had a tavern uh, on the east side of Buffalo, New York, and um, they served Friday fish fries, Polish food, uh, you know, last name being Galushka. They, they made all your homemade pierogies and, and capusta and chidina and a lot of things like that. And there's, um, you know, they had friends at the tavern there who would go horseback riding, and they invited me to go along with them. And I went, and I was seven years old. And that's back when you hand them four bucks, and they say, all right, it's 10 o'clock, come back at 11. Right. There's no guide. There's no right. nothing. You right. know, you drive out from Buffalo in 20 minutes, you're at a farm, and, you know, the farm's 500 acres of, of woods and trails, and, and they just stick you on a horse and say, come back. And they put me on a horse, and that's all I wanted to do. Right. Uh, so my parents would let me pick a friend every week, and they would drive me and a friend out there on Sunday morning, They'd sit in the, in the truck and, and read the paper and, and have a cup of coffee while I went and rode with a friend and, you know, had no idea about taking lessons or doing any of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I started going all the time. They sort of got to know me there and they'd always be putting me on different horses and, uh, 
you know, we moved out of the city and moved out to uh, a suburb, well, another farming community called Angola. And uh, a gentleman that first week we were living out there, I saw he had horseback riding and showed up. Well, he was a horse contractor. So he leases horses at summer camps throughout Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York. And he would have, you know, three, 400 head of horses that he would put out to these camps uh, throughout the summer. Right. And, you know, it's no different than uh, the guest ranches out west. A lot of those ranches don't own their herd of horses for the guests. Right. You know, they own half the herd, but the other half they're leasing from right. contractor. So he was doing the same thing. Well, I started hanging out there and just riding a ton of horses with that gentleman and going to sales all over, um, you know, when he was buying horses, bringing them back, trying them out and, you know, saying, well, let's take this one back to the auction next week or this one. Let's just put it right out to a camp or, you know, deciding if we should put a little time. And, you know, he didn't have a lot of time. You're picking them up in the spring and they need to go right to work. So right. you have to make a decision on something really quick so it's safe for, for those uh, kids in the camps. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of just kind of started steamrolling from there, being around horses every day. My friend does uh, hay rides and wagon rides and uh, for 30 years. And I just helped him the other night with one. Um, so, you know, I've learned to drive a team of horses between the Belgians and Pertrons, working with them. Uh, just spent a lot of time in the saddle and uh, snowballed, met some kids that rodeoed, uh, the family, the Swearingen family, their stock contractor about an hour uh, east of me, mm -hmm. and they would supply the first frontier circuit uh, with their stock for the rodeos. And in fact, the son, Dalen Swearingen, right now was uh, sitting fourth in the world in the PBR last year until he was injured. And he right. lives an hour from me, another kid from New York. Right. You know, that's, so. that's, that's amazing. So now did you ever rodeo at all when, when you were a kid or rope or anything or? No, so just always messed around roping a little bit um, and rodeoing. I did ride a bull once back at the Swearingen <laughs> place when I was uh, 21 years old. I, I had met some kids that rodeoed and started hanging out, around with those guys, and I'd always be up in the shoots with them and, and things at the rodeos. And, you know, I was a 120-pound, 21-year-old kid, wiry, five foot nine, and they'd say, man, you're the right size. And uh, so one day they used to do practice bowls on Wednesday nights. I think it was 10 bucks. And then you could get your practice bowl as many as you want. And then you could get in a jackpot at the end of the night. Right. So I borrowed a vest, borrowed a rope, you know, <laughs> here you know, ride a ball, you know, and they stick you on. And he basically, you know, turn your toes out and hold on. <laughs> there, there's, your, there's your guidance. And uh, man, I hung on to that thing. I felt like it was bucking like crazy, but. In reality, if I looked at a video, it probably wasn't that bad at all. Right. Uh, but nobody tells you how to get off. Right. <laughs> you know? so I was pretty athletic back then, and I got off and on my feet standing next to the bull, which is a bad idea when that thing come around and whack me right in the jaw with his foot, you know, and knock me flat. And uh, it's probably the best thing that happened because I thought it rode pretty easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but getting picked in the face after the ride, you feel like, yeah, I had enough of this. Yeah, you you, know, you, you had no desire to do it again. No desire to do it again. And and as far as roping, I have friends here who team rope and, and calf rope. And then there's a lot of team penning and things in the area. Um, I just never wanted to do it. Right. I just, I just love being on a horse, you know. You put me in a ring, open that gate and let me out in the woods. Let me right. out the other side. 
Uh, it's just, I just enjoy being on a horse. I could go out there and walk all day long. Never really want anybody to watch me ride. I just, I just enjoy it. Right. You know? Right. Um, so that's, that's just kind of what led me to them. And then, and then breaking out of Western New York, you know, for, for a while, my life to the West. Yeah. Well, so that's interesting because we were talking before this was, I don't know, when we first started communicating and, and, uh, you told me that you actually worked at a ranch here, um, Dude Ranch, which is as a Wrangler, uh, which is a Los Cab. We call it Los Cab. Uh, and uh, a good friend of mine is uh, uh, the head Wrangler there now. But um, anyway, yeah. that was like 20 years ago, right? Yeah, that was about 20 years ago. Was, uh, so I had a job uh, here in Western New York. My sister, well, you're a chiropractor. My sister moved to Marietta, Georgia, went to Life University. She's a chiropractor. Okay. So I'm in my 20s. I had nothing going on really in life. And uh, I, I moved down to Georgia with her for, for a while when she was going to school. Right. And hung out down there and worked at a, a place called Horsetown. Uh, it's a big Western store. I think there are a couple locations there now in Georgia and worked there. Anyhow, um, I ended up coming back home working for a company. And my sister said, well, what makes you happy? And I said, well, being on a horse. And she said, well, what about Sam with the contracting business or, or Todd with the, uh, you know, teams of horses and doing wagon rides and all that? I said, you know, I help them guys just for fun. They, right. they really can't afford to pay somebody to do that stuff. And it's not really a position. Right. Um, but there's a, a gal here whose family, you know, have a lot of horses and, and stuff. And she moved out to Wyoming. And that's when I started learning about the guest ranches. So now here I am in the 90s, you know, internet's out, but I don't have access to anything like that. It's kind of new. I pull out the Western Horseman magazine and I look at the ads in the back of the magazine and I see Wrangler positions needed on guest ranches. So I start calling some of these ranches acting like I'm going to be a guest at their ranch. Right. And I was always intrigued with Colorado. And uh, so I started looking at ranches there and then I found out about the dude ranchers association and was put in touch with them. And then I uh, kind of narrowed it down to some ranches. And I, so there's a family uh, that was up Northwest of Fort Collins. Uh, they were ordered the Roosevelt national forest called sky corral ranch. And, and this was my ticket to go out West. I'm not going to go out there and punch cows or go to a working ranch, right. you know, but I do have experience of driving a team of horses and, and just a lot of hours in the saddle. Right. Um, so I thought, Hey, this is my ticket to get out West, you know, and, uh, and spend time on a horse, Hey, six hours a day on a horse out with guests. It sounds like a, a good fun thing for a guy in his twenties, you know? Right. And, um, so that's what I did. They didn't want to hire me. The husband didn't want to hire me. They, the people on the ranch are from Oklahoma and he was giving me a hard time about being from New York and, you know, do I have problem dressing Western and things like that? And, <laughs> you know, so I ended up going there two months early, though. They called me and said, when can you be here? I said, when do you want me? They said, can you be here next week? I said, absolutely. I went in and quit my job and they just offered me a, a raise and a new position. And they said, you're going to do what? And uh, so I drove out there. I had, you know, my my 95 F-150 standard roll down windows, no air conditioning, no cruise control. And I think I had $700 cash. I didn't even have a credit card, no phone, pulled out the map. And I drove out to work for a family I never met in a place I'd never been. Um, 
and it, it was amazing. You know, I stopped at Mount Rushmore, the Badlands, crazy horse, traveled uh, like four days, seen as much as I could see, slept in my truck everywhere because I didn't want to spend money on a hotel. You know, just it was just kind of what I did. It was it was an amazing experience to travel alone like that. And was that, uh, was that in Colorado that you that you worked? That was in Colorado. Yep. So yeah. that was in Colorado. And it was interesting. The family had two young sons, a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And one of my first jobs was uh, the son went to Stove Prairie School, which is about five miles from the ranch. And I think there were about 12 kids in the whole school. And they liked to ride him there on the horse. So it became my job every day to saddle his horse right up to the house, tie his book bag on the saddle, take one of the uh, dude string horses, ride with that kid to school, pony his horse back all the way back. 1.30, saddle up, different horse, pony his horse there, pick the kid up from school and ride him back to the to the ranch. No kidding. Uh, they could have easily drove there, but they wanted him to have that experience. And plus it got uh, a chance to put miles on those dude horses that have been sitting over the winter. And uh, so and that's what I did. So I was there two months early before any other employee came. It was just me and the family. I lived in one of the guest cabins, had a stove for heat. Um, there was no telephone. I have uh, couldn't get a radio signal. I couldn't get a television signal, but I was an hour and 10 minutes from uh, Fort Collins, which was a college town. So I at least got to go and hang out in a town and meet some people. You know, Very my cool. Time. Did you but, go back there again or did you just work there one season? I worked there one season. The family sold the ranch. It's back to being a private ranch. Uh, I worked there the one season. From there, I went to Wickenburg. Uh, I I worked there for the season. Loved it. Loved everything that had to go along with being on a dude ranch and being a wrangler and meeting people from all over the country, uh, all over the world. Yeah. Um, uh, it's amazing. And then I went to the Flying E Ranch, actually, in Wickenburg. Yep. And I wrangled there, but at Los Cab. A lot of us cowboys, we would work in the dining room when we were the wine stewards you right. know, for dinner. Right. But, uh, and, and the Flying E had a lot of guests from Europe, Ireland, you know, just yeah. around the world. And you come to find out when they go on vacation, they are uh, they go on a holiday. They right. come to they come to the United States for a month, two months. Yeah. And I was amazed that they're coming to a ranch and you talk to them. And what they think about America, they come here, they go to Florida, to Disney, to see Mickey Mouse. Right. Then they go to New York City to see New York City. Right. Then they go to a ranch to see cowboys. Yep. Because that's how they view the United States. Yep. Mickey Mouse, New York, and cowboys. Yeah. And that, it's amazing how many people from, from Europe and things would travel, and that would be their trip. That yeah, would I, actually be their trip. Yeah, I've I met so many families from uh when I was at NRS for the time I was there managing that store and uh, from the Netherlands, from Japan, I had a whole, uh, there's a whole group of people from Japan and they all had took pictures with me at the hat bar. I was signing autographs for them. They, they thought I was a big deal, um, <laughs> but it's true. And uh, there's just people from all over the world that, that, you know, that come here. And, and this is a very historic place too, you know, the Los Cabin stuff. So that had to be cool. That was how many years ago that you were there? It was in 2001. Okay. 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 yeah, years ago. 20 years ago. And then from Los Cab, I uh, how I ended up back in New York, um, because that wasn't the last uh, dude ranch I worked on. 
But uh, I became good friends with a guy named Jeremy Morris, who who worked at Los Cab, but then he would go down there every year. He wasn't working there. We became good friends. He starts Colts and things, and he rented a place there in Wickenburg. And I started hanging out with him, and he, he'd put me on some Colts to ride and, you know, just give me an opportunity to learn some things. And right. uh, we were still in contact. He lives in Idaho. Uh, him and I, you know, still talk. He's a good man. Uh but he moved up to Jackson Hall area and uh, I was going to go work in, in Wyoming. Well, my mom came down uh, pretty sick and my sister called me. In fact, I spent, you know, <laughs> my birthday was yesterday. So it was the day after my birthday. So exactly to this day, 20 years ago, I drove home, you know, from Wickenburg straight home. Oh, gotcha. Um, I, I gave him, she called me at three o'clock in the morning in my room and I was on the road by 3 a.m. or 6 a.m. Excuse me. Three hours okay. later, I was on the road. I drove to Amarillo, Texas, slept in my truck, drove to St. Louis, slept in my truck and drove right to the hospital. Stayed home for the year. Um, mom was doing all right, but she really couldn't be left alone. Um, you know, so I stayed home for the summer and she started doing better where dad could, could take care of her. My, you know, my sister wasn't home yet. So it was just me. And, uh, my dad said, you know, if you want to go back out West, go on. So I was going to go back to Wickenburg actually. Right. For the, for the winter months. Well, I'm going to leave, uh, the end of August. Well, the first week of August here, there's a, a jamboree and a tractor pull every year. Right. And a lot of people will go on a trail ride with their horses that morning of the Jamboree. Jamboree Saturday, tractor pull is Sunday. And uh, well, I don't have a horse to ride. And my buddy who has to draft horses says, well, heck, take my horse. So I, I ride his big percher on, on a trail ride that's used to pulling a wagon. And uh, well, we start, there's about 30 of us and people get up ahead and we start loping through the woods and that horse just trips on a tree root, you know, in the thick woods here in New York and somersaults over me. I just oh. couldn't get out of the way. Yeah. So I end up twisting my knee, busting my ankle. I can't go back to Wickenburg. Right. I have to have knee surgery. I got a busted ankle. Um, I'm here and I'm on crutches a month later in September and I meet my wife who, who now I'm with. Yeah. So it's funny how things happen. I wouldn't have been here if that never happened. I never had that wreck. Yeah. I would never meet my wife. Um, you know, so that's always, I'm here. Uh, we dated seven months and Jeremy, who I met there in Wickenburg is again, now he's up in the Jackson Hole area. He's working for the JY ranch, which is the Rockefeller family. Okay. And he's a private wrangler there. He's friends with the folks who own Lost Creek Gust Ranch. Okay. Uh, in Moose, Wyoming, across from the Grand Tetons. He says, Hey, I know you didn't get to come to Wyoming last year. If you want to come, the job is yours. I talked to those folks about you and it's a great ranch. It's one of the higher end guest ranches. Um, you'd be an awesome fit. You just call them and tell them you want to come work and you have the job. So I talked to my girlfriend, uh, who's now my wife, but right. we were staying with him and said, Hey, I think I'm going to head out to Wyoming. And she was, that's what you want to do. That's fine. And she drove with me. We, we took a week long and I took her to Mount Rushmore and the Badlands and crazy horse devil's tower. Right. And, all those things and um, that I did by myself, but now I got to share an experience with somebody else. 
and uh, drove her to Idaho. She flew home. I stayed for the season um, there in Wyoming. My mom's health started declining again. And the more I thought about that, my dad trying to take care of my mom and, uh, and this girl back home. Right. You know, I just, I just thought that's where I need to be. And, uh, I stayed for the season, came back home and, uh, here I am 20 years later. Uh, So you never took a wrangling job again? Never took a wrangling job again. No, it was, uh, always on my mind. Uh, we did lose my mom in 2006 and then my dad was by himself and we lost dad in 2012. Um, so, and, and by that time I'm married and now I have, uh, nine and 11 year old daughters and, you know, my kids have one grandparent, my mother-in-law. And uh, it's just important for them to be around her and my sister's back here and I have two nephews. And this, this is just where family is. Um, you know, so I, I kind of talked to my wife about it being a retirement plan, though. Right. You know, it, it's just a lot of those guest ranches actually have retired folks who, who work on them. Right. Over the winter. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a great opportunity you know, to have. But that's just something we look at for the future. Yeah. But right now, you know, we we purchased a little log home here uh, and that was a foreclosure. Uh, been refurbishing it. You know, 14 years, I sanded every log back to bare wood. And, you know, you couldn't mow around this place 30 yards. And now I mow, you know, four acres of it. Um, we've got our horses here. And uh, I got a view across Lake Erie to, to Canada, actually, as the crow flies. We have an amazing view looking west right off the back. Um, so it, it's I can't be out west. I kind of make it that way here. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you guys are actually, how long have you been in the log cabin? Uh, 14 years, 14 years. And, and, and you've re you get just been refurbishing it, uh, ever since you got it. Yeah. Um, you know, it needed so much work. We made it livable and, you know, really buttoned up the outside and the roof and everything else and the property. And now we're in the middle of now renovating the, the kitchen and the bathroom. We did sort of do it when we moved in. Right. Um, but it was, we were doing so much and we had to pick and choose right. where we were putting our money. And, but now we're to the point where we can actually, you know, get, get the quality products that we want to do and have it, you know, finish to our liking Yeah, and, and do that work. So, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. Um, you know, and my wife has a business here. Her and her sister have 30 horses. Uh, they're an English hunter jumper farm. Okay. Was, yeah. She was doing that before we met. Okay. And uh, so my kids ride English there with her and they ride Western at home with me. And I just try to get them in the woods and, and trail riding and having fun and, and just roping the dummy and just doing things like that. Yeah, that's great. So when, when did the, uh, the, the coffee brand come around? What, what got you going there and, and how yeah. long, how long has it been around too? So the coffee brand has been around, uh, about five or six years. Okay. Um, and it's just something sort of fell into, uh, always liked coffee, never considered myself a coffee geek. Um, you know, nobody takes offense to that, but right. you know, you like good cup of coffee. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> so a friend of mine has a store here called the Stagecoach West and it's a, it's a Western store and they sell Western tack, English tack, clothing, boots, hats, you know, and they were the largest dealer in saddles in the Northeast of the country. I worked there too in my twenties, you know, anytime right. I get around anything Western, I wanted to be a part of it. Right. So, um, 
There's a place called the Sportsman's Tavern. I'm actually going there tonight for my birthday. And it's a place in Buffalo. If you ever look them up, you'll see they have a lot of Austin-based musicians there who come up and play. Right. Sleep at the Wheel, Marty Stewart. And this place only holds like 250 people. Right. And it's just an old school place. Anyhow, uh, Jack, who owns the store, 78. We were out Sportsman's Tavern. And and this is a long story to get here. But uh, Jack says, uh, you're the guy I need on my committee. And I go, well, what committee? And he said, well, I always wanted to have a cowboy Christmas ball. And I said, well, that sounds like a great idea. I said, you know, Michael Martin Murphy has that Christmas ball down in Fort Worth. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, I like to get dressed up and go dancing with my wife. He said, there's nowhere to do that anymore. You know, his guy can't get up and go out, get dressed up and go dancing. Right. He's example like, music you can dance to. You know, well, maybe in other parts of the country you can, in Texas, of course, you can. But up here, really, it's harder and harder to find places to do that. Right. And, um, so we, we started chatting about it and I said, this is a great idea, but we wanted to put together a ball where we want the guys to wear their cowboy hat and, and, you know, put on a vest or a tie and a sport coat and the woman come in a dress or skirt. And, right. And, uh, but we didn't want to have an event and make any money. And I have a friend who's a CEO, was a CEO of a camp here called Cradle Beach Camp. And it's on the lake. It's 10 miles from his store. And I've been there and I knew about the camp forever. It's around 130 years. Well, it serves kids with uh, disabilities and underprivileged kids. Right. And uh, I approached them because they have a hall with wagon wheel lights, a stone fireplace. It has the bones for a Western dance. And I said, hey, can we have a dance here? And we will give you 100% of the proceeds. And uh, they allowed us to do it. And I created the Cowboy Spring Ball. And uh, that event, this would have been the seventh year, uh, but it was on hold here with COVID. Okay. Uh, last year we sold out. Um, we did not end up holding the event, but it was sold out. And I say 99% of the tickets purchased and sponsors still left their uh, their donation. You know, Really? Yep, did not want to refund. Uh, so in six years, we've given that camp over $60,000. Uh, by having the dance. We have a Western swing band and we have a traditional country band and people dress up. We sell 220 tickets. It's been just an amazing event and it had nothing to do with Ranch House Coffee um, as a sponsor because Ranch House Coffee did not even exist that first year. But out of that first year is how Ranch House Coffee did come into existence. Okay. Um, So that's a long way to get to where Ranch House Coffee comes from. Uh, Appreciate the time. Um, So at my wife's farm, there's a family whose daughter, right, was taking lessons there, and they're uh, coffee roasters. Well, they offered to provide coffee to the store or to the dance. Right. And the more and more I started talking to them and going there to the roaster and learning about what they do, I started thinking about the history of Cowboys and Coffee. Right. It was when Jack and I would meet every week for breakfast. Uh, talking about the dance, getting preparations done. And it was us having a bad cup of coffee where I said, man, Jack, we should put some cowboys and coffee together and sell them at the store. And uh, so we went down to the roaster and started talking to them and met the roaster, the guy who's been roasting for over 25 years. And we started learning about roasting coffee. And you know, it came decided though, 
we're not going to be roasters, you know, honestly, you know, they have the experience, right? They know where they're sourcing the beans from around the world, right? But they offered to partner with, with us. And it came down to be just me, Jack ended up being just more of a consultant. Right. And it it came down to, to my wife and I really starting the business, but let's talk about getting some good quality coffee and because now, now I'm starting to pay attention to coffee. Right. And how do I share this with my friends? Because this really gives me an opportunity to share what I love. Cowboy lifestyle. Right. Coffee. And, and really, that's how the whole thing started. And, you know, I, I started coming up with the name, sketching the design for the logo, and just want to have fun. And it, it sort of started small. Right. And, and then it grew where I was taking coffee out to my friends. I go out to uh, West Texas and uh, New Mexico to help my friend at, at his ranch. And I've met some guys out there who day work and have ranches and take coffee. And so they've enjoyed it. And so now after five years, I sort of had a proven product that I felt people are enjoying this coffee. And right. I started shipping it to different friends, even though I didn't have it on the website. My website was a landing page. We were just selling it local. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and back in November, we decided to, Hey, why not let the country be our store and let's share this because people are requesting it. Right. And that's when we created the ranch house coffee website. That was, so that was just, that was just in November. That was just in November. And last year at this time, I think I had on Instagram because I didn't, I wasn't on social media. I didn't really know anything about Instagram or any of that stuff. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I had two, 300 followers last year. I'm approaching 8,000 right now. Yeah. Well, uh, you, and you know, I, I heard, I heard about you from, um, Glenn Orms at the cow lot. Yeah. And, uh, it's interesting. Glenn and this had hairs from Glenn that I have on right now. Um, yeah. Glenn at the cow lot, uh, posted a photo, you know, of somebody wearing their hat and holding a cup of coffee. And I just made a comment, nice hat, but, looks better with a cup of coffee in your hand or something like that, you know? Right, right, right. Two days later, Glenn reaches out to me and says, Hey, would you care to collaborate? And, uh, and so we started talking and, and now Ranch House Coffee is available on the Cal Lots website. Yes. Yeah. I just shipped him more coffee yesterday. Yeah. Uh, we just put in another order. So it's it just, um, a natural fit. And Glenn and I had some real nice conversations and, you know, he, he knows where the coffee's coming from. He knows that we're roasting six days a week, uh, that we're getting the coffee out as fresh as possible uh, for orders. Um, and, you know, he, he bought some coffee. They like it. Him and his guys at his shop there, they're all enjoying it and they're sharing it. And, and you know, things are, people are learning about me through Glenn and it's a, a huge help where I didn't understand the power of social media yeah. and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just been absolutely mind blowing to me um, to have these conversations with people yeah. that you've never met from around the country. Yeah. We have shipped to every state, I think, except New Hampshire since November. No kidding. Um, yeah. And I'm having just a lot of repeat customers um, from all over. And, you know, the ranching community could not be more supportive. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing is we get an order me and my daughters will sit down and we'll Google earth that. Cause you can just hit the button. Right. And 
you know, I have somebody, you know, right at the border of Death Valley, you know, right. ordering coffee and it, people, you know, the far northwest of the country. And I mean, all over yeah. and anywhere from ranchers and people in Manhattan to New Jersey to Florida and, and across the country. It's just been incredible. Uh, you know, so uh, I'm just really, really pleased um, with the response. Yeah, and they made a meeting you, you know, meeting you and um, Taos Hayes, Cardigan Cowboy, you and yep. him become friends. And, yep. you know, he has his podcast and Taos does something where he's, you know, wants to give back to charities. So, you know, Taos and I are working on a partnership um, to have a Cardigan Cowboy fund a coffee and proceeds from that coffee sales of that will uh, benefit different charities, you know, that are chosen. Yeah. Uh, so that's something to look for in the future. Very Just cool, man. That. So now are are you, uh, are, are you looking to, uh, do the, the coffee full time? Is that something you're, you're, you know, transitioning into full-time business or, you know, yeah, it is. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a side gig. Right. Um, I have a full-time job, uh, that I've been with the company here really since I moved back okay. uh, from out West. So it's been 20 years. I've been working for, for this ownership and uh, have a great relationship with them. Um, it, would it be nice? Yeah. I guess sometimes it crosses my mind. Yeah. Is, is it something, is it something that could actually have legs to get to that point yeah. to support my family? Yeah. And, you know, it, I think the answer would be Yes just because of the growth we've had. Right. Um, but then I'm balancing though too right now where I'm not putting a hundred percent of my time in because I have a full-time job. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And, uh, but it does cross my mind if I did put, you know, a hundred percent of my, my time into it. Yeah. But you know, right now I'm happy with where we're at and the growth of ranch house coffee and knowing the potential is there is fantastic. And I'm just taking it and growing with it as it, as it comes in. Yeah. Um, and that's the whole key is I just want to have fun and enjoy it. And, and again, meeting people, you know, the post I share, you know, talking about being from here. Yeah. People might look at my post and you get that impression. I'm from the West. Right. And I get that. Um, but a lot of the posts I share are either from my friends from out West who, who share photos with me or they're from my trips out there helping them with cattle work. It could be from 20 years ago, from Wickenburg, Arizona, right. Colorado, from Wyoming, the ranches I worked at. And, you know, and also in Colorado and Wyoming, I got to go help neighbors with their, you know, real ranch work. Right. So that was kind of cool is meeting people out there, not just dude wrangling, but I got to, you know, the opportunity to meet, you know, ranchers from the community and, and be invited to their brandings and things and, and be introduced to that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah, very um, cool. So, very cool. Well, hey, Dave, we're getting kind of close to the end of our time. Um, uh, and and I I mentioned your hat that you got from the cow lot there. You're wearing that's a good looking hat too. Uh, do you have a favorite hat brand? Uh, you know I don't. Um, I guess I have a little bit of everything. You know, back years ago, I was a resist all guy. Right. You know, it's just they always fit me. I kind of have a tiny six and seven. <laughs> <laughs> right. And resist all always seem long oval, just right out of the box, you know, fit pretty nice. Um and this one's a rodeo king that Glenn and I sort of made a trade on. 
um, help help him out, promote that, and he helps promote the coffee. Um, but American hats, I've got I've got one Stetson. I mean, I probably have thirty hats from somebody's and Atwoods, and yeah, you know, I just find something that at a time that you know, and I have a collection of vintage hats from the '60s and the Letty you roll it hat, and I just kind of like that stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, and collect things like that. Uh, you know, and boots, I have paraphernalia boots on right now. Just giving a plug out to my buddy, uh, Sean Seco, um, you know, Coast Creek Outfitters. Uh, there's a gentleman who just, he bought my coffee. Right. He bought coffee for me. Um, he just followed me on Instagram, found me, bought coffee, received it, enjoyed it, and did a post, you know, and he did a really nice post about, about the coffee and, you know, buying from another small business in the Western market. Right. And I reached out to him. We talked probably five days a week. Right. You know, I mean, we really, he just had a birthday two days ago and uh, we just have a kindred spirit, me and that guy. It's pretty, yeah. pretty ironic, you know, how we became friends. And, and is, uh, is he, is he with Finolio Boots or, or is he, so he, he's not with Finolio Boots, but he sells Finolio. So you see him promote a lot of Finolio. Okay. Uh, so he, he had Hondo and Honcho and, and things right. like that. So what he was looking to do is be a landing spot for, you know, these punchers or just cowboys who are looking for boots that maybe you're not just getting by walking into some of the bigger Western stores. Right. Um, where you don't have to go directly to uh, a custom boot maker or a smaller boot shop like that. Right. Where he can help you sit down and put that. ideas off of one another as well very cool so is finolio your, uh, right now like it's your my favorite first brand right now or? so uh i actually got a pair of the uh, right. rough cut with the cutter uh toe and the sea heel and um it's got this ranch tough sole they call it on there and i really like it i've been wearing it right in here at home right uh weird me and my family were just out uh, to my buddy's ranch in West Texas, New Mexico, uh, last week. That was my 50th birthday present. I told my wife I'd want to party. I just want us to head out there nice. for the week. And, and we was able to have them experience, you know, that part of the country. They never got to meet uh, my friend and his family and and uh, and do that. So, uh, so far, I'm, I'm liking the boots or rough outs. And, you know, rough outs in the Northeast aren't really the best boot. We have a lot of wet weather. But, you know, it's just something that I wanted to try because I'll be back out uh, May 4th to my buddies helping with the spring cattle work. So I get to go down there and, you know, gosh, we all wish yeah. we could punch cows every day, right? I get to do maybe, you know, one or two weeks a yeah, year exactly. where I have good friends, you know, who, who allow me to come to their ranch and, and be a part of their gatherings and, and brandings and give me the opportunity to rope calves and, and stuff where just a lot of people from my part of the world don't get to do that. And uh, I'm really, really fortunate to have that opportunity. And, and again, those are the photos you see me share on, on my social media, you know, yeah, or photos from those trips and yeah. customers, customers reach out to me, you know, they're, they're Western photographers. How do I become, you yeah. know, how, how can I have a photo on your page? And man, I'll support anybody. You, you, send me a photo you got a cool punchy cowboy photo i'm happy to share it and 
and promote you and your business. It takes a lot of folks to make right. that Western wheel go around. So. Yeah, no doubt. How about how about uh, cowboy Man, movies? You got a favorite you know, cowboy movie? Can't say Lonesome Dove, can you? Yeah, of course that's that's top of everybody's list. But really, one of the cowboy movies that really yeah. is my favorite, and it could be standard movie, I guess, too, is The Cowboys. John Wayne, nineteen seventy-two, yeah. and I think that movie relates to me a little bit because it's about kids, right? It's about kids getting their first opportunity to go right. and and drive cattle. You know, everybody, all the all the men ran out of town yeah. uh, to go chase gold, and and you know he needs he needs hands to go and and gather his cattle and move his cattle, and he hires boys, you know, school boys, and it, it's yeah. just to me, I, I kind of see myself being a young boy wanting to get in the Western world, you know, and took every chance and opportunity yeah. I could get presented to me to be able to do that. Um, you know, I'm not living in the West right now. Yeah. I'm living here, but I'm taking every opportunity through Ranch House Coffee, uh, building their relationships with people to, you know, they're just some of the best people in the world are, are people who've lived the Western lifestyle, you know, faith, family, and hard work. You yeah. know, that's what I want to be a part of. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dave, where's the best uh, place for people to uh, to follow you and uh, to sure, be website, able to get your coffee? RanchHouseCoffee.com. <clears throat> follow us on Instagram, Ranch House Coffee. Uh, Facebook, it's really just my post from Instagram. Uh, again, it's that time thing. So really everything's through Instagram right now. Um, right. But yeah, just follow us on Instagram. Share us. Uh, you have something you want me to promote? I'll be happy to share you. You're in the Western world, Western market. Uh, you have any questions, reach out to me, send me an email, info at Ranch House Coffee. Uh, I'm just happy to be a, a part of the Western world and community uh, and doing it from where we're at is, is really special to have people understand, you know, that cowboy heart and state of mind can really come from anywhere, you know, and we're not living in a concrete jungle Absolutely. up here, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly, you know, and that's uh, that's why here at Modern Cowboy we say it's, it's for the cowboy and all of us because everybody's Absolutely. got a little cowboy Absolutely. in them somewhere. Absolutely, that's how I feel. Yeah. Yep. All right, Dave. Well, hey, man, it's been uh, been great catching up with you. It's, it was uh, <laughs> happy birthday again. It was uh, fun fun to be to be able to start the podcast and not have a recording and then do it again. So that was a, well, that was a first, first time interview, ever. My first interview, I was nervous. I needed <laughs> to practice. Yeah, well, good. Well, good. Well, you did great. And, uh, yeah, I just look forward to, to watching uh, what you do with Ranch House Coffee. And um, and then we'll, uh, we'll we'll definitely be uh, in touch and in communication with uh, Dan, I appreciate both you and everything on. you're doing with, you know, your Modern Cowboy podcast and pe keeping, you know, folks connected to the Western world and, you know, having the doors open for all. And, you know, I appreciate you doing that. And, and with me too, and sharing my story, uh, and what you have going on with your protein, uh, you know, and just making people aware uh, of what you're doing is incredible. And, and man, I wish you much, much success. And appreciate that. Your, your goals. Appreciate that. All right, Dave. Thanks, man. And then, okay, uh, Dan. we'll, uh, we'll be in touch.
come from a long line of legendary men Sons of the desert and riders on the wind I got a restless spirit burning deep inside of me I ain't got much, but I'm free I've always been one to do it my own way I'm making my living between the saddle and the stage I don't know nobody, nothing, everything I got's my own Some say I'm just a band to the bone I'm a cowboy, yes I am I was born to rope and ride From the radio to the rodeo, I'm gonna do my thing I don't compromise on nothing, what you see is what you get I may be broken busted, but they ain't killed me yet I'm a cow. 